broadcasting from Knoxville along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River. This is the Startup Knox podcast featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs about their startups. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today we continue our special series of interviews with black entrepreneurs. We're recording in partnership with the 100 Knoxville Initiative, which aims to increase revenue at black-owned businesses in Knoxville by $10 million over the next five years. Today, we're talking with Ruby Miller, a 30-year agent with State Farm Insurance, which provides insurance and financial services to individuals and small businesses. Ruby launched her business in 1990. Today, she has five employees and over 2,000 customers. Welcome to the show, Ruby. Well, thank you, Brandon. Absolutely. Well, you know, let's talk about the big news. We're recording here toward the end of 2020. It's been a tumultuous year with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, How has that affected your business here in 2020? Well, it's affected my business like many others. Uh, we, The insurance business has been designated as an essential service. So my doors have been open throughout the pandemic since March. Uh, we have had to set up some special, um, special controls, I guess, to make sure that our customers and our staff are kept safe. Uh, We had to install um, a doorbell, which we never had, uh, so that people have to ring before they enter. We provide free masks outside the door. Anyone who comes into the office has to ring the doorbell, let us know what their business is, and then we let them come in, but they must wear a mask. So these are uh, precautions that we've taken to ensure that the staff, as well as our customers, remain safe. And thinking back, I mean, going back all the way to when you launched the company in 1990 to today, you've seen a lot of ups and downs, right? You've seen the the dot-com boom and bust, uh, 9-11 tragedy, the Great Recession of 2008, 2009. How have some of those experiences uh, prepared you, if at all, uh, for what we've been dealing with here over the uh, the last nine months or so? Well, I think the the main thing that they have done is let me know that nothing is constant except change. Things have changed so much, even from the time that I opened my office in 1990. Um, Starting off as a scratch agent with no customers, it was not that difficult to pull in my friends, people I had worked with before. But over the years, things have changed. As you said, we've had lots of things that changed in the economy. I've seen ups and downs where people have a lot of excess income where they could go ahead and do purchase a lot of things that were not absolutely necessary. But when it comes to the downturns, like the depressions or whatever, it seems that insurance is one of those things that they feel is dispensable. (laughs) So they know that it's something that they need, but when they have to start their cuts, that's one of the first things that they cut back on, which is kind of unfortunate, but we've seen that and we've managed to weather the storm and we've been able to provide the flexibility uh, for our customers so that they can continue with the things that they absolutely have to have, such as car insurance such as homeowner's insurance if they have a mortgage. And life insurance is one that I definitely encourage people not to let go as a 
optional because this is something that we all know that we will need eventually. So we've right. seen ups and downs and we've we've managed to be flexible. Even within the company, the products that we sell have changed and been, you know, changed from the time that I started up until now. When I think I, one of the things that I loved, you know, talking with you before the show is, you know, when I asked, well, what are some of the most memorable things? And you said it's helping customers to recover from unexpected losses. You've helped a lot of customers over the last 30 years. Have there, are, are there any stories that particularly jump to mind that resonate for you where, you know, being able to serve them in your capacity as their insurance agent, you've been able to help get them back on their feet? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I think we can look at it from the standpoint of material losses, such as, you know, having a bad accident where there's a loss of life as well as a loss of property, such as cars. Being able to help those folk uh, recover has been good. But I think the most memorable um, experiences that I have had is to be able to deliver a check to a family who has lost a loved one uh, because of life insurance, because the family member loved them enough to take care of that necessity, which is to provide the coverage so that they didn't have, they have to um, mourn the loss of the loved one, but they didn't have financial burdens that could have been there if that loved one had not been thinking ahead and trying to look out for them. So those are the most memorable experiences that I've had, being able to help somebody know that they did not have to worry about whether or not they can stay in their home because their mortgage would be able to be paid if they chose to due to the fact that their loved one had life insurance. So turning back the clock 30 years to 1990, what what prompted you to start your own business? What prompted you to, to get involved as an agent with State Farm? Well, Brandon, I had not even thought about being an insurance agent. My job 30 years ago was as manager of the small business program for Martin Marietta Energy Systems, which was the government contractor here in Oak Ridge. And I had worked with government contractors since I graduated from college. But what State Farm did, um, there was a manager who actively pursued me. And at first I told him I had no interest in the insurance business. But because of the fact that I was involved with helping small businesses do business with the larger company, I knew what it was like to have your own business. The fact that you could be independent, you can do the things that you wanted to do, but I also knew how important it was to have the benefit of a national brand like State Farm. So I finally listened to the manager, who was Tom Behan, who is the former um, city uh, mayor in Oak Ridge. But he was recruiting. And so he kept after me until I finally listened to him and decided that I give it a try myself and be independent. So I resigned from Martin Marietta and started a scratch agency in 1990. And I really have had some ups and downs and some bad years because starting scratch, you have to build your business. But I have not ever regretted having taken this opportunity. 
That's great. And when you're thinking about those, those times, uh, A, the time when you got started, but also B, the times where it was really challenging, maybe the hard months, the hard years, have there been any particular organizations, individuals that have provided helpful guidance, mentorship, advice to you along the way? Well, I've had a lot of support. Uh, much of the support that I had was from the people that I used to work with who became my first customers. A lot of the people who knew me at Martin Marietta, they then came to, to be my customers and to help me. Uh, one of those I can list is Ray Weimer, who was really the first person I worked for when I came to Oak Ridge from North Carolina. And he was a scientist, but he became one of my first customers. Another first customer was Frank um, uh, Gathers, who was one of my friends. I had a lot of friends who actually left their uh, their longtime insurance people to come with me and give me a chance. But the most support that I received really came from my church. That was the Oak Valley Baptist Church. And many, 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 many of the members of that church supported me because I announced to them that I was stepping out on faith that I was starting a scratch, scratch agency, didn't know whether I would succeed or not. But these people came and joined with me and became my customers. And also my sorority, which is Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. A lot of those members supported me. So I can look back now and see that I had a lot of support. Um, going back to mentorship, I had a mentor when I worked at Martin Marietta named Chuck Langeth, and he was also a very strong supporter when I left the company. He said, you can do whatever you can, whatever you want to do, you can do it. So that was encouraging to me. Well, I think those, that early kind of go-to-market phase, right, announcing that you're stepping out on your own, telling folks at your church, telling folks at your sorority, and having them, you know, really support you in mass is a great story about, you know, how to, how to leverage your all your connections and your close relationships, right? Friends, family, neighbors, et cetera, to help you grow your business. Going forward from there, what have been some of your primary go-to-market channels? I have to imagine that a lot of your business is, is from referrals, from happy customers telling their friends about you. Um, is that one of the main ones? And, and what other kind of channels do you use? How do people find you? Okay, uh, of course, I do a lot of paid advertising, but the most has come from referrals and for, from the people that I interact with through my involvement in community activities. I served on the board of directors for the Oak Ridge Chamber of Commerce, on the United Way board. I was a founding member of Blossom Center for Childhood Excellence, which is a child care facility. And I'm currently the president of the Oak Ridge Breakfast Rotary Club. All of these uh, activities or organizations that I gave to, gave back to me in the form of support and interaction with people that I might not have had an interaction with before. I also served as the president, the state president for my professional organization, which is the Insurance and Financial Advisors, the National Association of insurance and financial advisors. 
So all of those different interactions with different groups have helped me to build my business and to make it more sustainable. And, and is that type of of outreach and involvement in the community, is that something that, that comes very naturally to you? I mean, as you describe it, it sounds like these are things that, that you really enjoy, that these are groups that you've participated with for many, many years. Is, was that pretty organic for you? Or did you really try to look hard at, at the community and see areas where you might plug in and see things that, that might be relevant to your business? Well, actually, uh, I've always been a community support person. I've always been involved with nonprofit organizations and giving back to the community. But um, I think in addition to the fact that this is something I always did, I also strategically planned to participate in some organizations because those were areas where I could network and where I could help other people with their businesses because we do write insurance for small business as well as to have them help me. So it was a cooperative thing, but it also, in addition to just being a joiner, a person who likes to participate in organizations, I also was strategic in those organizations that I chose to participate in. That makes sense. Well, and, and go back to a point that, that you made before, because I think it's really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are... Uh, coming up with a, a brand new invention or an innovation. Uh, there's others where it's not necessarily protectable with a patent, but it's a new, a new business plan, right? A new type of thing. And then there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of businesses around the country that are based on business models that have existed since the beginning of time, essentially, or they're franchised, right? So you get to be an owner, but you're part of a bigger brand. You talked about the value of being part of, of State Farm as a national uh, brand. Uh, how was that part of your decision to launch once you decided to get into business? Was it really based on there's an opportunity with this particular agency or I want to go into insurance and I know that I want to choose one of you know, the big national brands to be affiliated with? Well, my decision was based on a lot of research and a lot of talking to other people uh, as I said before, I had never even considered going into the insurance business, but I did know having managed a program that was set up to encourage small businesses to do business with our company, I knew that I wanted to have my own business at some point. So when this opportunity came up, I did look at a lot of different companies, but State Farm was the company that pursued me. And so I was able to do some research and I recognized that State Farm is the largest insurer in the country, uh, that we insure more homes, more cars than any other insurer. I found out that its reputation was great as far as handling claims and taking care of customers once we had them. And I also found out they do not cancel people just for the sake of canceling them if they have a claim. So I did some research on them before I decided to give up my job, which was a very lucrative job as a business manager with the company. And to go into uh, insurance where I started off making zero money, where I had to invest my savings <laughs> and everything to get started. 
So uh, even though it is a national brand, the agents are independent contractors. So you have to invest your own money. And so that was something that you don't do lightly when you have a good job and you're not looking. I did a lot of research to determine that State Farm was the company that I could sell for and the brand that I could represent. And when was the opportunity in the, in the growth of your firm? When did you have the opportunity to start bringing people on board? Did you launch with a team or did you run it independently as a, as a, as a single person? And then when were you able to, to kind of grow the team? Well, originally I started off with one staff person who was unlicensed. And that staff person was primarily a secretary. So I had to do everything as far as sales are concerned. And it just has evolved over the years. I've never had a large staff because my agency is not a large agency. But I've always had two to three people and at least a couple of part-time people. So right now we're at five and one of those is a part-time person. And then when you launched, did you need to go out or do you want to go out and find capital support? Did you need to get a, a bank loan or investors or was this, was this your show? You invested your own money to get it going and, and you bet on yourself. I had to invest my own personal assets, which meant I had to liquidate my 401k from the company, but I also had to borrow money. So I had to take out a loan to help finance it because for the first year, first two years, I didn't make any money. So I had to be able to pay all expenses, rent for the office, utilities, pay a salary for the people who were there and to do everything. So I had to go ahead and invest in myself by borrowing money and by using uh, my assets that I already had. And Ruby, as you think back on the last 30 years of growing your company, have there been any unique advantages or challenges to being a black business owner? Well, of course, there are always challenges for minority business owners, for minorities in general. But I found being the only black woman who was a State Farm agent in my town the other four agents here were white male, but there was always the challenge. I would spend a lot of money in advertising. And of course, some people chose, they had not heard about what was going on as far as new, new things with State Farm, but they would go to the white counterpart to do business because they were not at a point in their lives where they wanted to have a black woman agent. So I've had challenges over the years, but I have also had a lot of very, very strong people from all races who have come to do business with me because they know that I'm an honest person and I'm not going to try to sell them something just to sell them something. That my overall approach is I want to help you get what it is that you need to take care of your family and yourself. And, and getting started, you know, like you mentioned, the other agents in the area, in the region were white. Did you have any mentors who were black that you intentionally kind of sought out to get advice and guidance from? Or were there other 
agents. You mentioned the support, obviously, of folks in the in the church, in your sorority, uh, in the company that you had left, that were all very supportive of you. Were there others that were in the industry or in related industries that were that were helpful to you? Well, State Farm has a very very strong approach to helping its agents uh, learn and get started. And so there was a lot of company support from State Farm. You know, they didn't just recruit me and turn me loose and say, okay, you go do it. It was continual support and continuous training. And I had the guy who recruited me, Tom Behan. He was always there to encourage me and to help me in ways that he could. And we also had a study group, or we still have a study group that has been in existence now for like 27 years, but it's called the Agents Training Seminar. And this is a group of Black agents from all over the country, including Hawaii and Alaska. And once a year, we have a group meeting, which is a conference. And it is recognized by State Farm as one of the largest study groups of agents that they have. But the the conferences are put on by the agents for the agents. And we invite corporate people. We always have the top State Farm managers, the CEO and the COO. And those people do attend our conference and bring us up to date on what's going on. So I've had a lot of support from a lot of different people, but that agents training seminar and the people who participate, which numbers well over 300 now, these are people I can call on the phone. I can send them an email or a text if I have a question and they are responding rapidly. I don't ever have to worry about it. And it's not a competitive thing of you're trying to steal their business. People are very, very happy to share their ideas, their marketing ideas, you know, ideas about anything that you need information on. And the local agents have been very supportive as well. But of course, we are competitors with each other. Right. Well, I mean, I think two, I mean, two great takeaways really for any entrepreneur. One is to evaluate the potential benefits of an affiliation with a large national or even statewide or regional footprint company because of all the training and support resources that are available. Um, There's a lot of great resources in the Knoxville region that we focus on uh, in this show and throughout Startup Knox uh, for any type of business, but certainly as you get into specific types of businesses to be able to get those detailed resources and help you to grow your business from the inside can be tremendously valuable. And two, I love that you've ascended, you've, you've had what a lot of people today would call a mastermind group for 27 years running. Yes. And it shows the value of those relationships. And I think uh, any entrepreneur that I've spoken with that has a chance to be kind of part of a mastermind where there's other people in the same or similar industry that will meet up sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly, you mentioned yearly, to kind of share best practices, experiences. Like you say, they'll They'll share their marketing techniques that work because it's non-competitive. Everyone's in it to hopefully help the others to win. Uh, it's just a great idea regardless of industry. Certainly, it's worked uh, tremendously well for you and in insurance, but there, you know, there's mastermind opportunities, I think, everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, what advice would you give to the up-and-coming 
entrepreneurs in our area. If they're looking to get into any business, maybe they want to hang out a shingle as an insurance agent, as you do, uh, as you did. Uh, maybe they want to start up a totally different type of business in a different industry. Uh, what are some of the things that you would impart to them that they should you know, try to focus on here at the, well, we're recording at the end of 2020, so the end of the year, but going into 2021, what are some things that they should do? Well, one of the things that they should do that's very important is they should do their research. And if possible, if they're going into an industry that they have no experience in, they should get experience. I have a lot of young people that I've talked to who want to be, I want to own my own business. But then they have not done any research to find out whether there is a market for it or whether the market is saturated already. So they need to do their research and they need to actually have some way to have access to that business if working for someone else for a short period of time or whatever, so that they can know whether this is really what they want to do. There are lots of businesses that fail in the first year. And I think those businesses fail because people don't take the time to really do research to find out whether it's something that there is a market for, whether it's something that they really want to do. Because to me, a business owner has to be dedicated to that business. If I didn't like what I do, and I tell a lot of people, I own almost every product that I sell. So I am totally vested in what I do for State Farm. Even though I'm an independent contractor, I feel that I'm representing the company, and the company represents me well. So. You know, you need to do the research and be prepared. It's not like just opening up a business. You know, you need to be prepared before you open it up. 100%. And Ruby, what's the best way for listeners to learn more about your business and to to get in touch with you? Well, the best way they can go, they can email me at ruby at rubymiller.com. They can go to my website or the statefarm.com and Ruby Miller Agency, or they can call me at 865-483-5663. So call Fantastic. me or however you want to do it. Just give me a call. <laughs> or with any number of the organizations you mentioned uh, that you volunteer for and are on the board for uh, throughout the community. That's another great way. So Absolutely. Ruby, thank you so much for coming on the show sharing your entrepreneurial journey and for the great advice. Brandon, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And thanks everybody for listening to the Startup Knox podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to listen to even more interviews with Knoxville entrepreneurs. If you'd like to know more about today's episode, check out the show notes on our website at startupknox.com, where you can also download a free guide to the Knoxville startup ecosystem. Today's episode is in partnership with the 100 Knoxville Initiative, which aims to increase revenue at Black-owned firms in Knoxville by $10 million over the next five years. Learn more at 100knoxville.com. Join us for the next episode of the Startup Knox Podcast. Thanks for listening.